That's what they call a burn the film day. The Jets get blown out in Dallas. Let's talk about it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets. Your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, September 18th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help us out and help other Jets fans find the podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And if the Jets don't play better than they did in week two against Dallas, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking for a new job on LinkedIn because the Jets were absolutely demolished yesterday by the Dallas Cowboys in week two action. The final score was 30-10, to 10, a game where the Jets were overmatched essentially from the opening kickoff and today we're going to recap that game i mean i don't know if you want to recap that game but it it was really ugly and when i look at what happened in this game i'm not upset that the jets lost because first of all it it wasn't a critical game for this team it's a game it's an out-of-conference game so dallas is not a team they're competing against for a playoff spot this is not a game that's going to necessarily have major implications if there's tiebreaker scenarios near the end of the regular season. And if we're being objective, I think this was the type of game going in where you knew it was going to be an uphill climb for the Jets because Dallas is a really good team. They frankly, with, with Aaron Rodgers gone, and even with even if they had Aaron Rodgers, there's a strong case to be made that the Cowboys are the more talented team. It's one of the most talented teams in the NFL. They were playing really well going in. They had blown out the Giants week one. I mean, they, they played as, they played better than any other team in the league week one. With the, the Jets, you're going on the road on a short week because you played Monday night. Those road games after Monday night football are always really tough. And then just the emotional letdown after, you know, one of the wildest games ever week one where you have this exhilarating victory and you lose your quarterback for the season. I mean, it would be fair if the Jets were just emotionally spent. So I could have gotten over this loss had the Jets gone out there and played hard. And maybe I shouldn't say had played hard because I think everybody always plays hard when they're on the NFL field. But had the Jets been competitive, this is one of the rare losses where, and I'm not a big moral victory guy, but this is one of the rare losses where I could look back on and say, you know what, you can live with that one. That's just, you know, sometimes sometimes you're just overmatched in the NFL. Sometimes it's the wrong week. It's how the Jets lost that makes it difficult to live with this performance because this was not Jets football, or it's at least not what we want Jets football to be. Jets football right now without Aaron Rodgers should be, first of all, playing great defense, making life difficult for the other offense. And that's what they did against the Buffalo Bills. In week one against the Bills, Josh Allen had a bad game. There were four turnovers, but Josh Allen also made some superhuman plays. And the reason I bring this up is that I'm not sure Buffalo would have scored at all if not for some amazing plays Josh Allen made. And that's the point, is that even when against a defense like the Jets, what you want to happen is, you know, it, you want it to require the other team's quarterback to do something outstanding to score. And if, if that happens, then you tip your cap and you move to the next play. 
And eventually, you know, your defense will win the day, just as they did against Buffalo. Allen making some great plays against the Jets defense that day did not lead the Bills to victory. Essentially, the Jets said, you know what, good play. We'll get you next time. And they did. And they forced four turnovers on Josh Allen. That's one thing. And if the Jets lose this game 16 to 13 and, you know, the defense plays well, and maybe they run out of gas at the end because it's a short week and because they're overly emotional after everything that happened last week, I can understand that. That did not happen in this game. And I see already see some people are trying to blame this defensive performance on the offense's inability to extend the drive. Well, the problem with that is that Dallas received the opening kickoff and went down the field in 12 plays and scored a touchdown. So defense certainly was not tired on that series. Defense did not play well in the first half. You know, they had multiple scoring drives. In the entire game, the Jets only forced the Cowboys to punt three times. The New York Jets are not going to win many games if their defense plays like this. When the defense gives up 30, when the defense cannot force three and outs because, listen, we know how limited the Jets are on offense right now. Now, Maybe they should not be as limited as they looked in this game yesterday, but it's a limited offense. This is a team we've spent the entire week saying that the defense needs to carry the Jets, not just in this game, but all season long. And the defense did not do the job. I mean, I don't think the Jets could win this game with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. The only thing I could say about Rodgers is that if he's in the lineup, maybe you have like a 5% chance of turning it into a shootout and probably lower than that based on the way the offensive line played. And we'll get to that in a bit. But I think it's almost like the defense played like that full stop. The game's over. And I'm not saying that anybody else is absolved from a poor performance, but it doesn't didn't really matter what anybody on the offense did in this game because this offense is not good enough to overcome a defensive performance like that, uh, where you know you're allowing Dak Prescott to complete his first ten passes, when C.D. Lamb's going over a hundred yards in the first half, and you know some of this is on the coaching staff. I mean, I thought it was a miserable uh, defensive performance by Jeff Ulbrich. I don't think he adjusted at all in game to some of the things Dallas was were doing. Things just came too easy to this Dallas team, but. I think you can't absolve the players because, first of all, they did not, the pass rush did not do a good job getting to Dak Prescott's. They only sacked him once. This is supposed to be a fearsome pass rush. You know, they, they were in Josh Allen's face all game. It felt like the Cowboys' offensive line was controlling the point of attack. And Dallas has an excellent team. But in these strength versus strength matchups, you want to see the Jets win. I mean, the expectation is not to be a decent team this year. The expectation, even. You know, even without Aaron Rodgers, maybe the expectation goes down from being a Super Bowl team, but the Jets still have designs on going to the playoffs. And that means that when you are in a premium matchup, when it's your strength versus their strength, I understand that Dallas is, has a good team, but you can't get dominated. It's one thing if you know both sides kind of won at points. It would be one thing if the, you know, the Cowboys' offensive line had good series and then the Jets' defensive line had good series. I thought Dallas's offensive line dominated the Jets defensive line in this game. And I think you also have to say the Jets coverage was not where it needed to be. It was not a great game for sauce Gardner who dropped what should have been a pick six. And, you know, normally I don't get on a corner for dropping an interception because they're corners. They part of the reason they're on defense is they don't have great hands, but I think that's one where you, you look back on it and you say that that's the exception. That's one that should have been caught. Uh, DJ Reed got beaten by CD lamb early in the game, but part, another part of the problem was just that again, the def, the defensive game plan was bad. Uh, Jeff Ulbrich went out there and essentially allowed the Cowboys to do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I, I read after the game, goes over 100 yards in the first half. In the entire game, the Cowboys had one targeted pass to C.D. Lamb where he was against Sauce Gardner. So what does that tell you about the game plan? I understand the Jets don't move their corners around all that much, but 
at some point you have to adjust when what you're doing is not working. The Cowboys essentially got every matchup they wanted. I mean, how many times did they get CD Lamb matched isolated in a mismatch? They get they knew exactly what Jeff Ulbrich was going to do, and Ulbrich showed no capacity to respond to that. So a disappointing effort. The one thing I will say for the defense is we know that they're better than this. Week three against New England has all the makings of a get-right game because the Patriots do not look very dangerous at all on offense. However, I do think that this game exposed some fairly negative things about the Jets. As we continue on this Monday episode of the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll talk about how this game might be a microcosm of bigger issues, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. If you have too many games like the Jets did yesterday, you're going to be looking for new coaches. You're going to be looking for new players. The Jets have mechanisms to find these things. They have a scouting staff for players. They have uh, ways to find better people to run their team if, if need be. LinkedIn Jobs can be that for your small business. It's easy to create a free jobs post for LinkedIn Jobs and then add the job in your in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why this is great LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by PrizePix. Of course, it was not a very good Sunday for Jets fans, but maybe you did better in fantasy than the Jets did in their game. I certainly hope so. You should know that PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks is a lot of fun. You can test your skills on prize picks. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy football. And it's really simple to play. You can make picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. You can pick Saquon Barkley to go for more than 60 yards. You can pick Patrick Mahomes to go for more than two passing touchdowns. Odell Beckham for less than 50 yards. Josh Allen for more than two passing touchdowns, at least when he's not playing the Jets. Prize picks is easy to play. It's fun. It's the best way to play daily fantasy football. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash NFL and promo code NFL. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prizepicks.com slash NFL promo code NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you, everydayers. This is a daily podcast. We have new episodes uh, covering the New York Jets each day through the week, Monday through Friday, and then bonus episodes as needed. We've had to have a lot of bonus episodes this last week with Aaron Rodgers out for the season. On offense, the Jets are much more limited now without Rodgers, with Zach Wilson under center. And we'll get to Zach in a little bit. But I think you need more from certain people in your offense. And I worry that this game is a microcosm of some of the major issues that the Jets have on offense because there were some areas where the Jets really struggled. And number one, the guy I have to call out is Nathaniel Hackett. And I guess it's kind of like the life of a Jets fan. We kind of joke sometimes how nothing ever changes with this team. But this is taking it to an extreme because if you had asked me 20 years ago whether in 2023 I would be sitting here 
shaking my head over the game plan of an offensive coordinator in the Hackett family that made no sense, I'm not sure I would have believed you. Now, back then, 20 years ago, Paul Hackett was the Jets' offensive coordinator. Now his son, Nathaniel Hackett, is the offensive coordinator. And the Aaron Rodgers injury changed everything. I mean, I think part of the reason, I'm not saying it's the whole reason, but I think part of the reason the Jets brought in Nathaniel Hackett was clearly his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. And it's not so much that necessarily that Rodgers and Hackett really collaborate well together, although I think they have. I think it's more the Jets were trying to lure Aaron Rodgers, so they hired his preferred offensive coordinator. Well, now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, there's a lot more on Hackett. When Aaron Rodgers is under center, it's his offense. It should be. I mean, when you have a quarterback of that stature, you let him run the show. That just makes sense. With Zach Wilson back under center now for the Jets, Hackett needs to do more. And this was not an encouraging performance. This is not the first test we wanted to see. And there's already seems like there's some discontent in the Jets locker room because Brees Hall only got four carries in this game. And Brees Hall was pretty vocal if you saw his post-game comments that he was not happy about getting four carries. And it's tough to blame him. He's the most explosive player on offense. He's the team's best player on offense. I understand he's coming back from an injury. Clearly, the Jets should be very judicious with how they use him. They don't want to run him into the ground early because they really missed him at the end of last season. But in the game where the offense was really struggling, when your best player only gets four touches, that doesn't make sense. And also, there was there were reports after the game that Brees Hall tweeted out or X, whatever you call it, tweet or X at this point, four football emojis, which... If you read between the lines, I know sometimes when we look at player social media content, things are misinterpreted. But when Brees Hall is complaining in the locker room after the game about only getting four carries and then tweets out four football emojis, it seems like each of those football emojis represented one carry that he got. Really baffling stuff by by Nathaniel Hackett. Um, You know, on the offensive line, the Jets got exposed. We were worried heading into the season about the offensive line. Now, the only good thing is that the Jets will not face a pass rush like Dallas is all that much through the season. So at least you can hope that things won't be quite this bad. But the Jets offensive line got destroyed. Connor McGovern had a bad game. Uh, Becton committed penalties. Dwayne Brown was just the worst player. And, you know, I look back on this and I don't want to be too hard on Dwayne Brown because, first of all, Dwayne, Dwayne Brown was a warrior last year. The man played injured. He, was, he suffered an injury, and he's still recovering from it. I mean, that's that, that's the reason he was out of training camp and out uh, during preseason, is that he's recovering from an injury he suffered last year that he played through. In late 30s, did not need to continue his career. And also, it's easy to forget, he signed with the Jets at a point where the Jets were still kind of viewed as a bottom-of-the-league type of team. It wasn't clear that the Jets were going to take a step forward last year. It very well could have been a situation where the Jets continued to be a bottom-of-the-league team. And he signed here. So... I don't want to be too hard on Dwayne Brown. The people are going to be hard on are the Jets because depending on a 38-year-old tackle with limited training camp and no preseason work, that was a horrible plan. It was just It's just a plan that made no sense going in, that this was your only option. It's one thing if Dwayne Brown's like maybe an insurance policy, you know, maybe you're saying, okay, we'll keep him for depth, but to have this as the one and only option as your starting left tackle, it's just a really lousy job. And Micah Parsons just destroyed Dwayne Brown. Four pressures, two quarterback hits. And even that might be underselling just how bad Brown was against Parsons. And that's a tough matchup for anybody, but it's especially a tough matchup for Dwayne Brown. Where was the help? I said that I did a post-game recap last night. It reminded me of four years ago, week two game, where the Jets were breaking in a new backup quarterback because Sam Darnold had mono. 
and Adam Gaze just left Kelvin Beecham to be destroyed by Miles Garrett. And there was it just didn't feel like the Jets had any answer for the Cowboys stars on the defensive side of the ball. Albrecht just let C.D. Lamb destroy the Jets. On the offensive side of the ball, what was the plan to try and counter Micah Parsons? I mean, I don't think you could go into this game, especially with Zach Wilson, a quarterback, and say we're fine blocking Parsons one-on-one against whoever he lines up against. I mean, Parsons is a great player. He's going to get his no matter what. But it felt like the Jets did not go out of their way to you know, try and come up with a plan to deal with him. Essentially, they just trusted whoever they had, and that was a really bad decision. I think there, there was very little about this game plan that made sense for Hackett. I mean, there's one play in the third quarter where they go empty. I didn't see any short routes there. So the pass rush is destroying your offensive line, and you go empty, which is always a dangerous situation. At least you're really vulnerable to a blitz. The Cowboys blitz, they get home against Zach Wilson. At least from the replay angles we saw, I don't know where the outlet was supposed to be. I mean, I could go, this was, this game plan, there are so many things I could talk. We could probably do three podcasts on how bad this game plan was from Nathaniel Hackett. I, I saw Gase level things in, the, in this performance by Hackett. You know, we, we all got mad when Sean Payton called out Hackett. Well, if Hackett continues to perform like this, we're going to look back on that and say Sean Payton was right because this was a dismal game plan. I think, I think coaching deserves a lot of the blame for this loss. And normally I'm one of the people that thinks coaching gets too much credit when they win, too much blame when they lose, because it's a player's league. And most plays that don't work, people criticize the play calling, but it's really because the players failed to execute. There's nothing inherently wrong with the play calling. This game, there was so much wrong with the play calling. And that's the type of play calling that I just feel like that's the type of game planning that I feel like really leaves you with no chance. This is, this was bad. And in a first game where Hackett really had to develop a plan without Aaron Rodgers, I think he completely failed. Now, Hector on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to the now highest profile player on the team. It's a guy who was kind of flying under the radar for a bit, but now he's the starting quarterback, Zach Wilson. It was an up and down day for Zach. I don't think Zach's performance really factored into the final score, but we'll talk about what Zach Wilson did as we continue this Monday edition of Lockdown Jets. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Snap into the action with the NFL season this year with FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, when you place a $5 bet. Well, I certainly hope you did not pick the Jets yesterday. The Jets were nine-point underdogs. Heading into the game, I thought the Jets would cover the spread, but they clearly failed to as the team just turned into no-show performance. Despite that, the Jets are home favorites against the Patriots this coming Sunday. So if you think the Jets will bounce back, you can head over to FanDuel. And again, a $5 bet gets you $200 in bonus bets. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday. We're breaking down a Jets loss as they fall to the Dallas Cowboys 30-10 to in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. The, store, the score was indicative of how the game went. The Jets were really not competitive for most of this game. There were a few glimmers of hope, one of which came in the second quarter. Zach Wilson hit Garrett Wilson on a slant, and Wilson, uh, the Wilson-to-Wilson connection produced a long touchdown as Garrett took the ball into the end zone. Kind of a tale of two days for Zach Wilson. I think there's the first three quarters and then there's the fourth quarter. The first three quarters, I was pretty encouraged by what I saw. I mean, I think Zach Wilson clearly is making better reads than he was this time a year ago. And the other thing is he's navigating the pocket much better. I think last year 
the first sign of pressure, Zach Wilson was going to backpedal 10 yards and then the play was pretty much over. And essentially, if you're watching this game, you can see two things, two situations in the pocket where things get a little bit messy. There's the points where Zach Wilson either slides directly to his left or right or steps up and good things happen when he did that. And then there are the moments where he drifts back and he can't the play's over when he drifts back. We saw a lot more stepping up. We saw a lot more sliding left and right in this game. Again, we saw better reads from Zach Wilson. Uh, and we in the two-minute drill when the Jets got a field goal right before the end of the first half, he was decisive. And sometimes that meant just he saw a running lane. So he pulled the ball. He saw man covered. So he pulled the ball down and ran. And listen, you know it's not Aaron Rodgers. You know the Jets are going to be more limited with Zach Wilson at quarterback. And you know that they're going to have to lean on the defense more. So when I look back at this game, I say I put 0% of the blame for this loss on Zach Wilson because in a game where the Jets are hanging tough, in a game where the defense is doing its job, what we got from the first three quarters from Zach Wilson is going to be enough for the Jets to win games this year. And I think it's clear that there is some degree of improvement. The thing with Zach Wilson, though, is that improvement's a relative term because it just means better than 2022 Zach Wilson, which is a very low bar to climb. Zach Wilson could be better and still not be good enough. And I think that that's the open question. As encouraged as I was through the first three quarters, the fourth quarter left me feeling not so great about Zach. Now, part of this is the Jets got themselves into a situation that could not get themselves into. We've said all week, we can't put Zach Wilson in a position where he has to lead a big fourth quarter comeback. Bad things are going to happen. That said, I mean, he threw three interceptions in the fourth quarter, and they were all pretty bad interceptions. I mean, I think the second one is maybe trying to do a little bit too much to make a play, but the first one and the third one are just the types of throws you, you can't make. The first one, I mean, the first one's a, one of those classic interceptions that left you so frustrated. And Sam Darnold always used to do this too. Zach and Zach, I mean, he's near the sideline. He's ro- he's kind of on the run, heading near the sideline. That's a situation where you have to throw the ball away. It just doesn't do it. The second one looked like, and you will have to see the replay on that one. We'll have to catch the all 22. It seemed like he kind of stared down a deep route where he had Garrett Wilson and maybe was just too late on the throw. And then the third one, I don't know. I think maybe he just misread the coverage. It looked like he was expecting Michael Carter to continue on his route. Well, Carter sat out, sat down in the zone where, again, we'll find out what the all 22 says, but from the live view, it looked like it was just a really bad read. And it's just disappointing because I think the big story a lot of people are going to take away from this game are the three interceptions for Zach Wilson. They'll look at the stat line and it's bad. You know, the stat line is really bad, but if you watch this game, I don't think you can say Zach Wilson's the reason the Jets lost. I think the Jets would have lost this game with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Jets could not protect Zach Wilson. I mean, it was to the point, we know Zach has had issues dealing with, with pressure, but I don't know what he was supposed to do on some of these plays. I think Zach Wilson was completely let down by his offensive coordinator. I thought it was one of the worst game plans I've seen in some time. You know, this is what I was talking about last year with LaFleur. It's not that I thought LaFleur was a good offensive coordinator, but I felt like he got too much of the grief because I'd seen worse offensive coordinating. And this was, by Hackett, this was just a dismal performance. I I cannot say this enough. If you you don't like hearing Nathaniel Hackett get criticized for his game plans, you might want to take this week off from the podcast because I thought this was one of the worst game plans I've seen in some – it was just – unbelievable the positions Hackett left his offense in. And when you're trying to bring along a young quarterback, when you're trying to like rebuild a quarterback like Zach Wilson, you're not doing him any favors by, by calling a game like that. Zach left me feeling in this game, like he's reading defenses better. Like he's more decisive. Again, he's moving within the pocket better, but that fourth quarter, even though it did not impact the game, 
it makes me wonder the extent to which he's improved because you know you can be better and still not be where you need to be and heading into that fourth quarter i said you know what at least there's a positive from this game at least zach you know looks better i don't know i mean it's one thing to say it did not cost them the game which it clearly did not but still i think that a performance like that in the fourth quarter is troubling at least to some degree but jets also have to be blamed because they put they it, things fell apart when they put him in the position we said all week they could not put him into Said all week, we can't put Zach in a position where we're down multiple scores in the fourth quarter. Well, look what happened. So kind of an up and down day for Zach Wilson, kind of, you know, some good, some bad. I don't think he was decisive in the final outcome, which is why we didn't talk about him until the final segment. But not many bright spots from the, from the Jets in this game. And hopefully they just turn the page because this was as disappointing of a performance as you could have had. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the show. So does giving this episode a big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.